Hello, Relatable listeners. Happy Friday. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week. Today, we usually do, you know, on Fridays, we usually do an interview or we do a Q&A or we do something like that. But there's so much going on in the world of abortion, pro-life versus pro-choice this week that I wanted to cover that. There is a lot of misinformation like there usually is surrounding this conversation. I want to talk about the Georgia heartbeat bill that just passed that Governor Kemp signed into law and the back and forth that we're getting about that. I want to point out a few of the craziest things that the pro-choice left has said this week, and then we'll kind of break it all down. It's going to be a good, productive episode. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about Bolster Sleep. As you guys know, I've been setting up the nursery for my daughter, who is going to be here at the end of June, and we have to make her nursery also our guest room. And so we had to get a day bed because we couldn't put both her crib in there and a full-size bed or a queen-size bed. And so we got a day bed. And Bolster was kind enough to send me their twin mattress. And both my husband and I are like legitimately excited to sleep in there because the mattress is so comfortable. It's not one of those mattresses that you have to put a Tempur-Pedic topper on there in order to make it comfortable. It's already so comfortable. And it's made out of this material that they use for all their products, which is Tencel. And it keeps it cool. And that's great for their pillows, by the way, because you don't to flip it over like cool side of the pillow. I love their pillows. I've told you guys about bolster sleep pillows. It's amazing. This is worth your money. This is worth your time to look into it uh, because a better night's sleep makes a big difference in every area of your life. So go to bolstersleep.com. Use promo code Allie, bolstersleep.com, promo code Allie for 12% off any of their products. You will not regret it. I can attest to how great they are. Okay, let us talk about the craziness that is going on this week in the uh, conversation and the discussion about abortion. Uh, Many members, it seems like recently, this has been going on for a while, but they're just at the forefront. Many members of the pro-choice left have officially lost their minds. Like they might have been on the highway of reality. They veered off right into crazy town and they are just living it up and randomly they'll pop back in into our world and they'll say something crazy and you're like, what are they teaching people over in crazy town? Well, we've got some examples of that today. So the reason why we're talking about it so much this week, we kind of, it feels like every month there's another big thing that happens. Uh, The governor of Georgia, as I said, Brian Kemp signed into law a bill that bans abortion after six weeks or when a heartbeat is protected sometime, or uh, detected. Sometimes it's a little bit earlier than that. Uh, so to do this, the bill, which is online, I'm going to post a link of the bill in the description of this podcast so you can read it for yourself. Uh, the bill defines an unborn child uh, with a heartbeat as a person. Now, I want to distinguish something uh, that I think is often missed in the discussion about abortion. Uh, Human being or human is a scientific term. It is a precise term. A person is a philosophical and a moral term. Uh, So human being describes what you are, what species you are. Person describes what you are worth or your value. So personhood ascribes meaning and value to a human being. Uh, Scientifically, There is no question about whether or not a child inside the womb, either at conception or at nine months gestation, is a human being. She is a human being. Like, there's there's no question about that. That's a scientific term. Uh, Two human beings have never conceived any other species or object besides a human being. It is a human DNA. It has human DNA 
she has human DNA from the moment the sperm meets the egg, okay? So it's a human being from the get-go. There's no question about that. So any pro-choicer who says to you that a child inside the womb is not a human being or it's not a human life is just, quite frankly, being idiotic. What they mean is that they don't believe philosophically or morally that that human being is actually a person, which means that they don't believe that that human being inside the womb, the unborn human, uh, has value the same way that you or I do. And we noticed this in the New York law uh, that was passed a few months ago that we talked about extensively on this podcast that legalized abortion through all nine months for any reason that fell under the broad umbrella of, quote, health of the mother. That means mental health, emotional health. Uh, This bill redefined or this bill that got signed into law redefined a person to mean someone who is already born. So that means a man who kills uh, a pregnant woman is charged with one murder, murder of the pregnant woman, not with two murders. Uh, If she and the unborn child die, he is only charged with the murder of the mother or If a man beats a pregnant woman, for example, the mother survives, say, the beating, but the baby dies, he will only be charged with assault. He will not be charged with murder. Uh, This has already happened in New York since the law was signed. Uh, And if you don't believe me about what this law covers, you can go back and listen to my episode I did at the time called Calling Evil Good, where I read directly from this bill. Um, So the defining of personhood. And any abortion legislation is very important. Uh, Personhood is how we ascribe value. It is how we decide then punishment for crimes. So in New York, uh, an unborn child is not a person. He, she does not have the value in the, have value in the eyes of the law. In Georgia, now an unborn child is a person beginning when the heartbeat starts. As I have said before, I actually think that that's the wrong definition of personhood because Uh, placing personhood on a human being anytime after conception, anytime after life scientifically begins is arbitrary. And I just am not sure who we think that we are as subjective human beings to decide that personhood happens anytime other than when a human being starts being a human being, which is at conception. Uh, So I always say to be safe from, uh, from the most logical and the most moral perspective, We should say that personhood starts when human life begins, which is at conception. But but as I've also said before, Georgia had to do this because it was ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court to completely outlaw abortion. So if Georgia had defined unborn children as people from conception, all abortion would then have to be logically banned and they can't legally do that. So they had to start as early as possible while not banning abortion completely. That means defining a person as early as six weeks instead of zero. Uh, Morally and logically, that doesn't make any sense, but legally it was necessary. Uh, So we're hearing a bunch of craziness about this. I remember the celebrities that a few weeks ago said they wrote this letter and they said they were going to boycott the state. You know, our great moral arbiters, Ben Stiller, Alyssa Milano, Amy Schumer, they warned Georgia that if you pass this draconian bill, then we are going to boycott the state. And basically Brian Kemp by signing this was like, okay, whatever. Um, the Women's March sent out an email. I get Women's March emails because I think it, they're funny to read. Sent out an email saying, this is like the Handmaid's Tale. This is something they love to say. They love to compare everything that happens to the Handmaid's Tale. Uh, you have people saying that they're scared for women. Uh, Busy Phillips, she went on her uh 
talk show and said, you know, she had an abortion when she was 15. It was a, you know, it was a sad story and she was being genuinely transparent, vulnerable, whatever. Um, she said she's scared for women. But the question is, should we really, does this bill necessitate being scared for women? And of course, the question is, what of the unborn child? Do we talk about them at all? Or are we fearful for them? Apparently not. But we hear that the world is ending from all of these people. They are saying that women are going to be criminalized for having miscarriages. Uh, they're not going to get the life-saving care that they need. That's why they call this an, a health care crisis for women. But none of that is true. So according to this bill, which, like I said, is linked uh, in the description of this podcast, an abortion is still permitted if the doctor determines the physical life of the mother is at risk. So according to this law that they're saying is the end of the world, uh, an abortion is still permitted if the doctor determines that because of some abnormality, the child will be unable to sustain life after the child is born. I don't really like that provision because a lot of times the doctors are wrong and just because someone might be disabled doesn't mean that they shouldn't have a shot at life. So but that is a provision of this bill. A miscarriage in this bill does not count as an abortion. It specifically says that uh, you can abort in the case of rape or incest up to 20 weeks, according to this bill. Um, and let's see. Oh, yeah. OK, so that's it. So those are the provisions of this bill. This bill that people are saying is going to outlaw all health care for women. It's just not true. It's misinformation. It's fear mongering on purpose. Like I said, please go read the bill and fact check me if you would like. So all of this that we're hearing about this being the end of the world uh, is simply about a woman who does not feel like being pregnant, has nothing to do with health, has nothing to do with a woman who was raped. We're not talking about incest here. We are talking about only women who do not want to be pregnant. They do not feel like being pregnant. So the whole thing about, oh, well, what about uh, rape or incest? That is irrelevant, according to this bill. Uh, the only question to ask those who oppose this law is, why do you think it's okay to kill a child inside the womb for the sake of convenience? Because a woman doesn't want to be pregnant. Why? Well, why do you think that? That's the only question someone needs to answer to be able to defend this. Is it because the baby is small? Is it because the baby is in the mother's body? Is it because she can't survive on her own? Is it because the baby is at an early stage of development? Because she might have a bad life or she might be poor? Or, or any of those justifications for killing a child inside the womb? Uh, all of the characteristics that I just lifted, the, listed the location of the baby, the stage of development of the baby, the size of the baby, the future of the baby, all of these things can be applied to people outside of the womb. So are we going to start applying those characteristics to people outside of the womb as justifications for killing them? Most pro-choice people would say no. Now, of course, you've got Peter Singer, the bioethicist who said, who says, yes, uh, children outside of the womb should be able to be killed because they don't have any, they're not self-conscious. That's how he defines personhood. And they don't really have any concept of the future. And so he says infanticide is totally fine. Well, if you take that to its logical end, you're saying, okay, people with, with Alzheimer's, people with severe disabilities, if that is the definition of personhood, if it's something other than just being a human being, uh, then it becomes completely arbitrary, becomes completely uh, subjective, and that is how you open the door to eugenics. That's not a slippery slope. That is called logic. <laughs> That's called deductive reasoning. Um, and at least Peter Singer, as evil as that idea is that he perpetuates, at least he's being honest. But most people, when they give these reasons for why a child inside the womb should be 
should be able to be killed without any kind of legal protection whatsoever. Um, Unwantedness, size, location, development, dependence on the mother. Well, all of these things in one sense or another can be applied to people who are outside of the womb, depending on their station in life, depending on their disability, depending on how old they are, depending on how big they are. Are you saying that we should kill those people too because they don't match your standard of what counts as a person or not? Of course not. Of course not. Even the most pro-choice person probably can't really bring themselves to say that, that that applies to everyone. The bottom line is it's for convenience. It is for desire. So tell me why it is okay to kill a person simply because you want to. In what other context is that morally permissible? Not for self-defense, but because you don't want to deal with that person anymore. When is that ever okay? Uh, The only reason, if you're honest with yourself as a pro-choice person, the only reason that you want to permit killing the unborn is because you can get away with it legally uh, because the baby can't fight back. and, And the mother is typically the only person who can ultimately save the baby and who ultimately will stand up for the baby. And if the mother is not going to do that, we have decided no one else has the right to do that either. And there's nothing the baby's going to do about it. That mother's not going to be, no one's going to seek retribution for the mother. You can get away with it because these babies are vulnerable. They can't defend themselves. They can't stick up for themselves. And no one else is really going to be able to stick up for them either, at least not in a legal, tangible way. And so let's just do it for the sake of convenience. This is exactly what happens when a society replaces the God of the Bible with the God of self. The only standard of morality is what you want. The only standard of morality is living your true self and finding your own happiness. And if that means killing your unborn child, then go for it. That is the standard of morality that we now have. So whether it's taking a pill to poison the child, whether it's injecting them uh, with a chemical that causes them to have a heart attack and die, whether it's starving them of amniotic fluid, then dismembering them with forceps, uh, we're apparently as a society, a, a segment of our society, not everyone, but a segment of our society is okay with that. There's no nonviolent way to kill a child inside the womb, by the way. Uh, and the pro-choice side has okayed all of that in the name of autonomy, in the name of reproductive rights, whatever that means, in the name of freedom, in the name of health, when in reality, abortion has nothing to do with any of those things. Uh, it has to do in the vast majority of cases with convenience. Uh, That is why in order to embrace this position, you must, you must, whether you know it or not, you must become both heartless and brainless in regards to abortion. Uh, In order to justify your defense of this in your mind, you have to exit the realm of reality. You just, you have to. Um, And here are two examples of this happening. First comes courtesy of our sweet girl congresswoman from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, known affectionately as AOC. Here is her tweet. She says in response to this law that was just, or this bill that was just signed by Governor Kemp, she says, quote, six weeks pregnant, as if that's not like an accurate description. She puts it in quotes. Six weeks pregnant equals two weeks late on your period. 
Most of the men writing these bills, most of the men, she says, writing these bills, don't know the first thing about a woman's body outside of the things they want from it. It's relatively common for a woman to have a late period plus not be pregnant. She loves the plus sign. So this is a backdoor ban. She goes on to say in the next tweet, that tweet, by the way, had like 400,000 likes on it. Uh, She goes on to say, for context, this kicks in within days of a typical at-home test working. It's not true. If you were sexually assaulted, stress delays cycle, took a morning after pill, throws off cycle, or have an irregular cycle, you'd have no idea. There are a ton of ways this law ignores basic biology. I think that I could probably do an entire episode on everything that is wrong with this tweet. Um, To AOC and many on the pro-choice left, this is all pregnancy is. So let's start with that. An unborn child to her is just a missed period. Because again, when we talk about pregnancy or when we talk about abortion to the left, the only significant person involved in that equation is the mother. The child is completely hidden. It's completely ignored. They're completely obfuscated. They're just a late period. So technically, guys, right now, I know that a lot of you guys thought I was pregnant. Actually, that's not That's not really accurate, according to AOC. I'm just 33 weeks late. I don't know if you knew that. And technically, I'm about 1,400 weeks late. That's all I am. I'm just a very well-developed clump of cells. But uh, a 1,400-week late period, and y'all are probably around uh, the same the same time. Just We just happen to develop into clumps of cells that happen to develop into human beings. That's, that's all that happened, guys. Uh, I also love how AOC thinks that she is the medical expert here, but the men, she says, apparently it's only men who wrote this bill. The men who wrote this bill, they're just so savage. They're so archaic. They're so, uh, they only want to take from women. That's all they want. They don't know anything about a woman's body. I like how she thinks that she knows more about pregnancy than men whose wives have had kids. Girl, I guarantee you don't. And she also ignores the fact that there's people like me who support this bill. There are thousands of women, if not hundreds of thousands, millions of women who support a bill like this, who, guess what, AOC, have actually been pregnant sometime in their lives. And some of them have actually had kids, and they know a lot more about gestation and fetal development than you do. And But you are the expert here, 29-year-old Ocasio-Cortez. You are the expert. You think that you know more than all of these people who have been around a block, around the block a few more times, who have had a few more life experiences uh, than you have. You think that you are the one who knows everything about pregnancy, and you're going to tell us that being six weeks pregnant is just... Uh, a couple weeks late on your period. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for your expertise. Um, But she has to do this. She has to exit the realm of reality. She has to deny that there are women who support the bill. She has to deny that a child with a heartbeat whose facial features are developing at six weeks old is more than just a missed period. Then she has to say that pro-lifers are the ones denying biology. It's hilarious. It really is. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. Uh, also, she adds in the sexual assault thing, ignoring that this bill actually makes an exemption for women who have been raped. But this is what AOC does with everything that she talks about. She says something sassy. She says something that is 
partway true, but is actually completely misinformed. And if you criticize her, it's not because she's wrong. It's not because she should have stated it differently. It's because she's a young woman of color, not because she should actually change anything about herself. That is the AOC formula in everything she talks about. Uh, But it's not just her. This denial of reality is becoming integral if it hasn't already been integral to the pro-choice argument. Uh, Here's a woman named Christine Quinn on CNN with Chris Cuomo. When a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. So not a human being. Not a human being, she says. So as we already covered in the beginning, this is just scientifically untrue. Like you're not going to find a scientist or a doctor who would say that a that a fertilized egg is not the beginning stages of a human being, no matter where they stand politically. It's not going to result, that fertilized egg is not going to result in anything other than a baby. Like, that's it. It might end in miscarriage, but it's not going to be a coffee mug. She's not going to be a goat. She's not going to turn into a cabbage, guys. She's going to be a child. She is going to be a boy or a girl, might I add. But in order to justify... um this argument that it's okay to kill a child. They have to exit the realm of reason and reality. But on Twitter, Chris Cuomo seems to think the opposite is true. So he says, the pro-life position is more about faith and feeling than fact. I'm sorry, Chris Cuomo, expert on this stuff. Do you, do you want to tell me what facts I'm missing out on? Like, I would love to hear from you what facts pro-lifers don't know about gestation or fetal development or the abortion procedure. Can you tell me what happens in an abortion procedure? Can you explain fetal development? Do you know what's happening to an unborn child at six weeks old? What facts are we not privy to? What facts can Chris Cuomo let us know about that would change our position from pro-life to pro-choice? Please let us know. When in fact, the opposite is true. The the pro-choice movement is or the pro-choice idea is simply based on this arbitrary subjective idea of when a human being becomes a person and it's entirely based on individual convenience because you'll see that they will say that a baby is not a human being when the baby is unwanted and the mom wants to abort the child, but they'll go to a baby shower. They'll, they'll celebrate their friend having a baby or being pregnant with a baby. They don't wait until the friend is 25 weeks pregnant to say, oh my gosh, you're pregnant with a child. It's no, you're having a baby. So if you want to talk about cognitive dissonance, let's talk about being pro-choice. That apparently personhood depends on whether or not you're wanted. That sounds a lot like feeling to me. That doesn't sound like fact, but Chris Cuomo has no idea what he's talking about. If you watch the exchange between him and it was Rick Santorum, I believe, and Christine Quinn about abortion, like the guy gets so frustrated and so flustered because he doesn't even, at one point he tells Rick Santorum to Google it because he can't even tell you what a child is inside the womb if not a human being. Of course you can't. Of course you can't, you crazy person, because it is a human being and everyone knows that. Like I said, you've got to exit the realm of reality and reason in order to say that it's not. And that is what they're willing to do to justify this position of killing unborn children. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But of course, Chris Cuomo has to do that because his uh, brother, Andrew Cuomo, is the governor of New York who signed this atrocious, hellacious abortion bill into law. So he has to defend him. Uh, I'm sure he has also convinced himself somehow uh, that he is still a sterling Catholic and is morally right, even though he believes that 
human beings inside the womb aren't worthy of life at all. Uh, the truth is, is that he's bought into the propaganda and a lot of people have. Propaganda makes you crazy. Uh, further evidence that many people on the pro-choice left have downright, I won't even say on the pro-choice left, just pro-choice in general, have downright lost their minds. Uh, Brian Sims, you can look him up on Twitter. He is a state rep from Pennsylvania, and he thought it'd be totally cool. He thought it'd be fun, I guess, to film himself harassing a woman in front of a Planned Parenthood in his district. Here's a little clip of that. You're out here shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do. Who would have thought that an old white lady would be out in front of a Planned Parenthood telling people what's right for their bodies? Shame on you. And then he didn't get enough. He didn't get enough of that. He thought that that was so awesome and heroic that he then did the same thing to a group of teenagers, tried to dox them, said that he would give someone $100 to give the identities of these teenagers peacefully, peacefully, quietly, even at this point, standing outside of Planned Parenthood. So look, a bunch of white people standing up in front of a Planned Parenthood, shaming people. There's nothing Christian about what you're doing. Nothing Christian at all about what you're doing. Nine, nothing Christian or loving or godly about what you're doing. Crazy town. I know I've said crazy about a million times. That's the only way I know how to describe it. Crazy town. Uh, the people that he was harassing were doing anything except for exercising their First Amendment rights. And an elected official in the United States of America apparently doesn't think that they have the right to affirm the First Amendment because they stand for something that he doesn't agree with. I'm very sad for all the people that he's representing. Uh, he tweeted that these people are Bible bullies, they're misogynists, they're racist, they're bigots, and he's standing up to them. He posted a video of his non-apology uh, in which he pronounces pap smear like pap smear, you know, like what you put on your bagel. And I just, I just couldn't. I just cannot with this person. It's just terrible. What an off, what a disturbed human being who really thinks that he is like, like the white version of Spartacus. And I say the white version because Cory Booker called himself Spartacus. Uh, there's a large group of people going there today, actually, to protest this guy. I couldn't make it. Uh, but Matt Walsh and Live Action will both be there. It's a worthy cause. I think it's great that they organized this exercising their First Amendment rights to stand up for something that is good and right and true. Uh, this guy was literally, Brian Thames was literally being a bully to an old woman. And he thinks that he's tough. The Babylon Bee had a funny uh, headline. I just thought about it. I haven't, uh, I haven't actually seen, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't have the exact words. It was like, brave state representative, uh, like stands up for, or like, what is it? St our state representative shows bravery by starting fist fight with a group of nuns or something like that, which is totally something that this guy would do. Uh, but like I said, to defend this stuff, you have to either not think or else once you think about it, you have to allow yourself to venture into an absolute crazy state of mind in order to justify it. Um, it is, it's really heartbreaking now, when you're thinking about all of this and you're like, how the heck can people think this way? Like, it's so backwards. It is so um, it, it's so counterintuitive and it's counter logic. It's illogical, I guess, would be the, the right way to say that or the right, right way to describe it. What is the world coming to? 
how can anyone possibly rationalize this? This is the verse or these are the verses that actually came to mind when I just get so frustrated on Twitter and I'm like, how do people come to this conclusion? But I was reminded of Ephesians 4, 18 through 19. Uh, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. I just think callous and darkened and ignorance and their hardness of heart, those adjectives remind me so much of the people, maybe not the people necessarily who, I don't know, they think they have good intentions for being pro-choice, but particularly the people that deny that it's a human being. Now, actually, I'll just include everyone in this because it's either ignorance or darkness. It's either ignorance or or callousness. And these verses actually cover both because of the ignorance that is in them. They have become callous. They're greedy to practice every kind of impurity. These verses so rightly describe people who advocate for abortion. Um, They have become callous. They can no longer feel the things that they are supposed to feel. And their callousness comes in many forms. It's not just uh, about abortion. It comes in many forms. And of course, in its various forms, it happens on the right and the left. But on this particular subject, um, pro-choicers have become completely callous to the reality of an unborn child, to the feelings of an unborn child, the rights of an unborn child. They are darkened in their understanding. Romans 1, really a lot of Romans 1, but particularly verses 28 through 32 give us insight into why people think this way as well. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Uh, At the beginning of that chapter, it talks about how man is without excuse because God has shown himself to them through or shown his divine attributes through creation. And so man doesn't have an excuse anymore. And yet, um, Uh, Paul is talking about God's unrighteousness on these people who practice evil. When you don't know God, uh, when you are separated from God, when you are an enemy of God, so you are apart from Christ, uh, this is who we all are. This is the capacity that all of us have. We are so depraved. We go to depths of evil that we can't even fully comprehend without God. And that is what results in that are these crazy conversations about the life of an unborn child and whether or not they should be brutally murdered. (laughs) That's what happened. So what is the solution? Yes, we push for justice for these unborn children. Yes, we volunteer at our clinics. We donate. We advocate uh, for life-saving legislation. We help women who are in need. We talk uh, with compassion to mothers who are in crisis. Uh, We help them uh, with their children. We help clothe them. We help feed them. And more than anything, we share the gospel. We share the gospel. We tell people about Jesus. These people, especially those who are pushing for abortion, who dehumanize unborn children, they don't know God. They are darkened in their understanding. They are callous. They are ignorant. Uh, They don't know God. They don't know Jesus. 
And so they give themselves up to every kind of impurity, the Bible says. And so it is our job as Christians to realize that's where their foolishness stems from. That's where their hardness of heart stems from. And the only thing that can change a heart, the only thing that can truly regenerate for good is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is our role as Christians. So that's that's it for today. Um, this would be a good episode to share with your pro-choice friends, particularly those there are a segment of so-called Christians. Well, there are a, a segment of Christians who say that they identify as pro-choice. So this might be a good episode to share with them. If you would like to hear their thoughts, they will not like it, but it might start some kind of productive conversation. This is a very important subject for Christians to know about and uh, to be vigilant about and to be brave on. Uh, So anyway, I hope that you guys have a great weekend. We will be back here on Monday with Theology Monday. 